Good morning. Who's been in the class on Sunday mornings? Those who have been in the class with Lauren and, uh, Lauren and Pastor Natalie. It's been wonderful. They talked today about Christ, the Messiah, the different names of God. And, uh, and we have to know that those are important, and they're doing such a great job in doing that. And so uh, if you have an opportunity, you want to come a little earlier, come into the class. They're doing uh, just some good teaching. And uh, we all doing good today. Some of you today came up to me and said, where's your horse? And I said, well, it's outside, okay? It's right outside the door. And uh, I dressed up in this every once in a while. I'm bedazzled. If you notice right here, some sparklies. Sparklies on the shoulder. Is there any sparkles on the back? Okay. Am I glowing? Woo! Okay. I like that. Okay. So put the lights just right, and I bedazzle you today. <laughs> but... Yeah, there it is. No, okay. Well, I better get to what I'm doing. I, I, no, don't get up your day job. That's what they tell me. Um, but today we're celebrating a very fantastic day, being Palm Sunday. Everybody know what Palm Sunday is, the week before Easter. And Jesus comes into his hometown, right? We know on a donkey. And we know that, t- that people thought, they were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest. And, and they thought all of a sudden they were going to be delivered out of the Roman Empire, right? That they don't have to worry about this anymore. So here's what I see. And if you can bear with me today, yeah, I've got the sword. Mark, Mark, you've got to come up here. Towering Mark. I know you're not, you're thinking, what's he doing to me? Come on, yeah, come on up here. Mark is a giant. I feel like David and Goliath went beside him. Um, but yeah, and so what I see, if Jesus is coming into town, you like that? That looks, looks good. I'm even glowing up here. You see that? Okay. And so what I see is this. If, if I was going to think of a king coming in town to take over, I would think of a big man with a big sword. So why don't you do me a favor, your hand like twice the size of mine, grab that and raise it up high. See, that's what I would see right there. That's what I would see. Jesus coming into town, doing his thing. I'd be like, there he is. And I would say, this is what I would feel. I'd be right behind him going, okay, king, you take care of that. I'm right behind you. Come on, come on. Isn't that true? Now that... You're doing great, man. Raise it up again. I love that. See the sides of that? I'm going to talk to your wife just for a second. Pretty sexy man up here, isn't it, with that sword like that? That's all right. All right. <laughs> Woo! Dude, I'm not going to argue with it at all. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. you, you thank you. Man. That's what, that's what I'm saying. If I'm going to see Jesus coming to town, I would want him to big a sword like this thing. And okay, Roman government, you're coming down. Okay, that's what, that, that's what, and so they're, they're yelling out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And so they're laying down their coats, their, their cloaks are on the ground, they're, they're doing the palm branches, and here comes the king, he's going to take over. Wasn't like that at all, was it? And so what happened in that series, and this is what's amazing. I'm not going to go, we know the story well. And no, next week, here's what I want you to do next week. If you feel that Easter time is important to you, it is to me. I'm going to invite. I'm going to invite. And you know what? If, if you're one of those apprehensive people to start a conversation, this is the best time of the year to do it. Majority of people are open to come to church on an Easter Sunday than any other time. Christmas and Easter. And how many people know if they're going to come into this church, something's going to happen? 
Something is going to happen. We, we lift up the name of Jesus. Why do we do that? This is his place. This is his house. And his will is what? To bring all men to himself, to gather them. Everyone, even myself, I come to church to be lifted up. If you invite somebody in this church, I guarantee something's going to happen in their life. If you love that person that much, then invite them. And I would not be apprehensive of whoever it is. Let them come and taste and see that he is good. And so I want to, I want to send that out to you. Invite somebody next week and spend the time, even if you have to pick them up. Even if you say, hey, I have a seat for you. Come. And I guarantee something's going to happen in their life. Today we're going to hit on obedience one more time. And man, I tell you, for next, next, who knows that Jesus was obedient? Next week is going to be a full sign of that. He took it to the cross. And so we know obedience is next week. We won't even have to say the word because we know what it is. But last week we knew this. This is tough words. Jesus said these words, and we're going to go into a series of Jesus' teaching on Palm Sunday. Something in that teaching is going to be, I believe, revolutionary today. So look at this right here, Luke 9. Last week we said, no one after putting his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Those are difficult words. You all know it. He took three, three men and made examples of what it means to follow him. This last one, he says this. He says, once you put your hands to the plow and you're digging those furrows, he says, you do not look back or you're not fit to the work you put your hands to. And so those are tough words. Everyone here has been there where you said, I could have. I could have done this and I didn't. Or I, couldn't, I should have said this, and I didn't. All of us have been there. You know, we take those times. I don't want you to beat yourself up to the past. I want us to let go of the past and reach for the future. What is Jesus going to do with you? I don't care if you're outgoing or a little bit pulled back. You can be an avenue of putting your hands to the plow. Every one of us can put our hands to that plow and watch what Jesus does. And so not looking back. I don't want anybody in here looking back. That past is the past. Tomorrow brings a brand new day. Let's start something new. I want every one of us to put our hands to it and watch and see what happens. Even in your most difficult times, people need to see the strength of Jesus in you. And it's there. If you know him, you're strong. You know him, you're victorious. You know him, there's a, there is a plan set before you you may not even understand and you will have impact on thousands. All you have to do is say yes to him today. So last week, we, we went into that. This week, I want to do this. Before, on his triumphal entry, Jesus did some teaching. Difficult teaching, but very powerful. He starts in John 12, he says, and Jesus said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He knew as he went into the city, he knew what was going to happen. He knew. And yet he was so obedient to the Father. I only do what the Father is doing that he laid his life down. We know that as he went into this. And yet he did some teaching I want to go on today. I want to go into this, and he says, truly, truly. Now, Ethan isn't here. Ethan, Ethan Bentley's not here. But he, did, he brought up a point in our class on Thursday nights. Very interesting. Truly, truly means something. And I don't know about all of us. Well, if Jesus says truly, truly, or some of your translations may say, verily, verily. If he's going to say this, you better go, oh, oh, okay, Jesus, what are you going to say, right? This means, so it, let it be done. It's like amen. Let it be done. Let it be. So let it be. So what Jesus is saying, really, he's saying, so not only listen up, he says, let it be done in your life now. 
let it be. Let what I say make it seed, bear fruit. And so the power of the word is behind when he says these things. Now, he says a lot of great and wonderful things. We know that. Good teaching. But when he says this, let it be established in your life now when I say this. And so let's keep our hearts open, our minds open, and say, let's say, Lord, establish this in my life now in Jesus' name. Okay? Let's get ready for this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, whew, okay, Jesus takes everything upon that cross, we know, and in him we find forgiveness. Can you imagine life that's given to you by his death? So when seed of Jesus is put into the ground, we know for three days and he rose again, if he put in the ground, that seed is going to bear much fruit, isn't it? Who here is the fruit of Jesus' death? Who here has life in them right now and say, because of his death, I have life? You see, how many people have been affected in salvation when Jesus said, yes, I am going to let my life go, and he gave up the spirit? Remember this? It says, then the seed was planted. The most precious seed ever given to earth, to mankind, has then been planted, and through that Salvation comes to every person. And gets them. those who can rejo rejoice today in that salvation say, yes and amen. I am one of those who received life from his death. And so can you see the millions of people that when he said that profoundly, what is bearing much fruit now? But you will do greater than things, greater things than I have. And so what we need to do is grab hold of what Jesus has for us. What is the next step? And he goes on to say this. He says, he who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. And him to say these things. Now, I, I don't know what this does. Again, who has their hearts open to hear? Who can receive this? Truly, truly, verily, verily, so it be done, so it be. Who can say, yes, I'm going to let this plant... I want new revelation to what Jesus is saying. You, not only what he does, what he's telling his disciples to do, I want him to speak to you now and let you receive what he wants you to do today in the rest of your life. What is it Jesus, Jesus is going to plant in you? He who loves his life loses it. Now, that may be confusing to you. It's a little confusing to me also. Jesus says, love your neighbor as... So should you not love yourself? Is, there, is, there wrong, is it wrong for you to love yourself? Because how do you love your neighbor without some idea of what yourself, what worth you are of yourself? So is it okay to love yourself so I love your neighbor? So he who loves his life loses it. Now what is he saying here? I want you to put him, now Jesus is ready to do the most obedient thing he's ever done on earth. He's going to lay his life down where he can call down a legion of angels. Did he not say that? He lays it down completely, not even to say a word, and says, by this, by surrendering my life and putting it in the ground, you will receive life. Life. Did he not say this? For he's life. Where can life be found? For I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, everything is found in Jesus, so it isn't about this so we have to understand, what is he saying about life? What is he saying about your life? 
He says, he who loves it. You see, what we have to understand is this. We have got to find a place that we can surrender everything to his life, his ownership. So whatever I do is not about me. It's not about me. And so this is the problem. I don't know if you have this issue. I have this issue. I'll just be honest with you. It is difficult for me to follow Jesus when he says you must lose your life. That you must want nothing to do with what life has to bring. Now, I'm not telling you family and friends and all those people you love. It's not saying separate you from the people that you love. But what he's saying this, what do you do in the heart? What do you do in the mind and heart? What goes on in your life today? Is your life wrapped around those things called life that surround you? And you miss everything to do with life of Christ that wants to expand you, wants to grow you, wants to take you on a journey that you never thought possible to reach people, even in your immediate family. Who here wants to, their sons and daughters to know Jesus? Who here wants their moms and dads to know Jesus? Who here wants a friend, aunt, uncle to know Jesus? You see, you are so captivated by what he's going to bring into your life, through your life. You have faith in what he has and he has done. I, my life means nothing anymore. My life, is, my life is not important to me. What Jesus does in me, by his life only, will I pursue, will I reach. See, that's not what the world teaches. That's not what we teach our children times. It's everything to do with Jesus' surrender. He says it at this moment. Can you imagine his disciples not even understanding what he's about to do. Don't even understand it after resurrection. Did he under, fully understand what Jesus was doing? But what he speaks, those moments, those moments before his death, are so absolutely crucial to know even through his actions, what I'll do next, what I have said, will be demonstrated what I'm going to do next. If I am the king of the world, if I, if I am the master that you know of, if I'm the teacher, you see me raise the dead, you see me heal the sick, deliver those who are demon-possessed. You've seen me do this, and you see me lay my life down. For my life is not... They're probably wanting Jesus to do all kinds of things, especially towards their enemy. He does nothing except lay his life down. But that laying down life did what for you? Him doing that very thing the seed into the ground, bearing much fruit now. What has it done for you? What are you willing to do in this commandment right here? To know if you can lay down your life to full surrender to him, to act upon every situation in him, in truth, what can happen to those around you? What kind of life can you bring them? See, Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, is about a man who died on Good Friday was buried and rose again by God the Father. The most precious story you can ever say to any person. The best story you ever can say about anything is Christ crucified, raised again. And in that, what life have you received from it? See, your life will demonstrate that. You're going to walk in life, Jesus is everything, hot for him, or you're going to walk well, you only go before the Savior when you want things changed. Lord, you know I'm here. Those are the people that say, I'm in a desert place right now. 
I'm in a desert place right now. And Jesus says, I'm here. Come on. Did I not give you life? And more abundantly. You see, there's something Jesus wants to do with us today. Not just the Easter coming. Not for those friends and family around you right now. Not only that, but for you to know your purpose and place for today. To lay it down. To love your life, you lose it. Those who hate their life, this is what? So it's not, we understand it's not hating your life. Listen, you can't hate your life and love your neighbor. But what life do you have to give up, Robert? What is it he's asking you to do? What part of your life does not resonate with Jesus? What part of your life is a waste of your time? What part of your life is lost forever? What part of your life is not worthy of him or the cross you bear? What one? See, every one of us have it. If you today would say, I search my heart, O God, and create in me a clean spirit. May I walk in holiness. Be holy as I am holy. You see, we make things so unobtainable in our minds. But today, who has someone right now in their life that said, man, I want them to know Jesus fully right now. You may have a husband or wife that may not be quite walking. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I want to be all the life I can be to them. You see, I want to be everything because I know if I trust it and I hand over my life to him, if I, if I just hate my life, knowing that I don't want to waste it, then it becomes valuable to him. Then it becomes valuable. And if he thinks you're valuable, which he died for you, absolutely. Now wait and see what it's going to do with you. Who believes something great is about to happen? Who believes that whatever I did yesterday doesn't matter anymore, but today does? You see, it's a message of love. What he's trying to do is tell you about your potential. What he's trying to do is encourage you to walk as he has called you to walk. A life that you never knew could be. And maybe you've tasted and seen that he is good, but there's so much more. So much more. And whoever's going to say, I will hate this life and all that distracts me away to gain everything that he has for me. His teaching is absolutely amazing. Let's go on. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, just like we said last week, to follow him. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Listen to me. And we know that this means, two, there's twofold here. We know this means as he is in heaven, one day we'll be with him, right? Where I am, you will be also, right? There's a call to heaven if you remain faithful in him. In salvation, you work out your salvation, he's got a plan for you, right? We know that. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise. Now listen here. There's more to it. I believe what it's saying this because he says, if anyone serves me, where serving happen? Here in heaven. Come on now. Okay, if anyone serves me, the Father will be honored. Why would he not take, why would he take this, this heavenly idea and bring it down to earth one last time before he says, he says it for this reason, right now, where he is, you can be also. See, the Spirit of God in us leads us into all truth, right? 
the truth. The Holy Spirit leads us in truth. Where Jesus is. See, he is in heaven, we know. Absolutely, in the God the Father, right hand. But I believe what this is telling us is this. There is something for us now. There's something where Jesus is. And we think intimacy. Now, we brought this up on Thursday night. Intimacy. What would you say would, would be the valuation of your intimate relationship with Jesus? Well, yeah, it's prayer. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. It might be reading the word. Thank you, Lord, I can build truth in my life. And it might be worship time between, with, your, with music and different things. It, it might, all these things are important about intimacy because that's the byproduct of intimacy. You know, I don't, who here has to force himself to get in prayer? You see, if you've got to force yourself, you're not intimate. If, if you want to read God's word, well, I've got to read God's word before I go to bed. You're not intimate with him. There's no intimate relationship. Because if there is, you can't wait. Come on, Lord. Get, give me something good from the word. Give me, I need fed. I'm hungry. You see? Or I need to pray. I need to believe. I need to trust in him. I'm going to get on my knees because I know before that Jesus, my father says, if you go in secret... And pray to the Father, will he not listen in secret and give you what is in public for you? See, there is something about prayer. Why do we not take it seriously? So if you're on your knees, oh, Lord, I need. See, that's intimacy because you know and you trust. So those things come from a desire of heart. Intimacy. Here's another thing. Intimacy says, I'm going to be where he is. Intimacy says, I'm going to go where he is. I'm going to follow where he goes. I'm going to trust what he does is best for me. Intimacy is fully trusting. That means if he's going that way, I may not understand, but I know the Spirit is leading me. I'm going to go where he is because I'm intimate with my Lord. I'm not going to be separate from him. If you're saying right now that you're in the desert, you've separated yourself from where he is. And that's not his fault. So if I'm going to follow him with everything, if I'm saying I love him with everything, then I must be where he is. I think it's a now word and not just for heaven that's coming. I believe it's now. If you're intimate with the Lord, where is he now in your life? Where is he? He may say he's at the supper table because we pray. Is he? He may be at the bedside because I pray. Is he? Intimacy is knowing that the Spirit of God is close. It's knowing that he can call you to something that you say, that's not of me, but I trust in him. I'm going to do it. Intimacy is really knowing him and being guided by him, even in danger. Jesus is saying this, watch and see what I do. Will I not walk betrayed by a brother and walk into the hands of Roman guards? Will I not be whipped? Will I not be crucified? But if you want to be with me in intimacy, come where I'm going. That's tough words. But I guarantee it, if you want to be close to him, do not push him away. Do not push him away because these words before he dies are crucial to your life. Are you willing to say, I want to lose my life? I don't, I hate my life. Or are you going to say, no, I love my, I love all that I have and my focus and my desires will be about that. 
He wants all of us. He has something so special for us. So who says, I will go where you are. I will follow where you know where, where it is. I'm not going to be intimidated. Any situation is not going to tame me. Because where you are, I want to go. If Peter knew that when Jesus is on the water, how far would he have made it to Jesus before he sunk? You see, if we start to look at those around us, we start to gain what well, I need. I want sa- safety. I want safety. I need safety. because what, And you start to search for those safe times, you will miss Jesus on the water. And can you imagine what Peter would have felt if he'd have walked all the way to Jesus without any distraction and have him embrace him? So well done. You see, here's the key. Storms will come. Life changes will come. And if you're focused on those life changes, those things that go on in your life, you will miss the moments. Those times that Jesus says, where I am, you will be also. And if you miss those moments, you will not have intimacy And you'll find yourself forcing yourself to your knees. You'll find yourself forcing yourself to get into the Bible, forcing yourself to to spend time with him, forcefully saying, you know, i got things to do today. If you said that one time today, I want you to realize that your intimacy with him needs to be regained. He says very powerful things near the end of his life. Last part of this says this, and now my soul has become troubled. And what I say, Father, save me from this hour. Think about this. This is Son of Man in the Son of God. Son of Man, fully flesh. I don't know if any man in here would say, okay, let me go be tortured right now. Come on. I'm going to walk right into torture. Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. You see, life that's been handed over. Jesus, I want you to glorify your name. I'm going to walk into this situation. I don't know what's going to happen. I might even lose my life. I don't care because where I go, you are also. And when I do, you will glorify the Father. I trust you in this. Glorification comes to the Father. And I know all I need to do is give up my life and just follow you. That doesn't make sense to me. I doesn't have to. I don't have to trust in myself and my reasoning. I just got to learn how to let go and follow you. And when I do, the Father is going to be glorified through what I'm about to do. Then a voice came out of heaven. This is the Father. Can it, it's amazing. The Father speaks. <laughs> just when Jesus needed him most, almost. You know, as Jesus says, do I... Do, I'd like not to go into this hour, right? Where Jesus is probably one of the most vulnerable times in his life. The Father speaks. Father says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying, it must be thunder. Or the angels have spoken. You see, even people that heard the voice of the Father, did not Jesus hear him perfectly? In the moments you say, God, I don't know if I'd be glorified in this. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Even if I don't understand, if I surrender my life and I trust where he is, I will be also. If I trust him that much, then I could say this. I can go, Lord, I know you will be glorified. I could trust it. Even give up the trust in myself, in my safety. 
So the crowd of people who stood by heard it were saying, thunder, it's got to be thunder. No, it's got to be angels. Say they couldn't hear the Father's voice. But can you today hear the Father's voice? Can he see you walking into those things and fully trust him and him saying, well done. Here's my, here's my servant. Look, look what she's doing. And be able to speak to you just like he spoke to Jesus. You have glorified Jesus' name. You have glorified my name. Now you will glorify it again and again and again. You will glorify it again. I don't know if there's a better thing in life to be, to be glorified, to give him glory. What other thing in life is more important than giving your father praise? For he did not send. Did he send his son? J.D., did he not send your son, his son to you? Isn't it awesome? He sent his son. What better way to say thank you, Father, by glorifying? Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you, Lord, that we're people of confusion at times, Lord. We will walk away from a storm. I personally know I have. I've walked away from a storm because I'm thinking, no, Lord, I, you, you, you can't. If I'm truly listening, if I've given up my life, if it's not about safety, if it's not always about trying to protect myself, if I truly walk into it, Father, I can hear your voice saying, you have glorified my name and you'll glorify it again. Lord, if I'm willing to follow Jesus still even unto death, no. Lord, I, I pray, Father, I'm able. Lord, let, the, let me, Lord, surrender my life in such a way that I would not be captivated or distracted by anything of this life that would keep me from glorifying you. Just thank you to, be gratif- to, to bring gratitude to you. Father, to, to, to be like with you, to be with you. And so, Father, I pray today that we would take this last words of Jesus before he goes to the cross He teaches his disciples something so incredible about his obedience. Can we also be obedient even unto death, Father, to follow after you, to listen to you, and be all that we can through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, I thank you for this time. This is an awesome place to be in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.